This was my first time. I didn't go back and check. Really? Ever or Buffett? Buffett. Have we done that? What was your first concert? What was my very first concert? You too. Joshua Tree. Wow. Really? Mine was Cheap Trick. Dream oh yeah, that's right. That was before this. Sammy Hagar with Because that was my first bootleg was Joshua Tree. May 10th, 1982. I remember, I, clear as a bell. And, and that was the first time I drank illegally. <laughs> he, he looked at his son. He looked at his son in the middle. Illegally. Yeah. So how can I change this to the another kid, word? The kid. It was cool because they didn't sell enough tickets, so they they, they shortened Kobo to like a half or a three quarter, you know, venue. Yeah. And the kid behind us was 19 from Toledo, or you know, he had the fake ID or whatever. So he went down and kept buying his rounds during Molly Hatchet. So when San Diego came out. He's leaned over my chair and passed out. And I was so worried he's gonna throw a bowl over my back. I couldn't enjoy the show. You know, so that's why it sticks up. May tenth, nineteen. I like the way he said there. the first time he drank illegally. Like before then, he he drank legally. But that was the first time. Yeah. All right, I'm going. Well, Scott, we need a uh, final message from you about 1987. 1987 was a good year. It was my first Jimmy Buffett concert. Do you remember anything about the '87 oh, Buffett concert? I just remember being like in awe, like I had never experienced anything like that. You know, I was a little white kid from Woodhaven, and I had never seen a party. I was never, I was just in awe of that party. Like, I just remember looking at people in the parking lot saying, yeah, I could, this looks like the kind of life that I want to live. <laughs> you must have been fired up, though. I mean, you've been listening for a while, right? So you oh, yeah. Well, not really. Yeah. I've been 85 was my first exposure okay. as so a freshman. It's been a couple of years, so you've yeah. kind of looking forward to the show. It definitely hooked me. But, uh, I mean, you could get a ticket back then. That's yeah. when you could get a freaking ticket. Yeah. And it wasn't nine gazillion dollars either. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, you, you may not... You waited too long, you might be in the back of it. Well, prices right on, yeah. 1750. Wait, listen to this. Row H. Yep. So that's single digit, row H. 1750. Well, it was just the year before. When you we went to King's Island and had the whole the amusement park and the show, $18. That was just one year prior. Then Buffett started 40s. buying planes, and you know we have to support Jimmy's planes. Well, and just spread more and more people. You know, it gets bigger, yeah. and bigger, bigger every year. But less shows. Yeah. So it spreads out that Well, and that's you know you almost have to do like a Vegas thing. I think you're better off plant yourself financially for these guys instead of moving all this equipment. Why don't they just play somewhere? You know, four pick four locations. Well, that day will come. I'm sure there'll be a point. It may not be Vegas. It might just be in Key West. Or he'll pick something. Yeah. But he'll pick, play pick there. an East Coast, pick a West Coast, pick a Midwest. I hear it'll happen. And it's stay there a week. Happen. And I guarantee you, well, you're going to sell it. It's kind of already started with Sammy Hagar with his, the for bars. Until he did this chicken foot deal the last couple of years, he did the mini summer tour, but basically he's grounded in Cabo and Tahoe. Yeah. And we're in his places. And he's got, you know, when I watched your video the other day of the Jimmy Buffett show that you guys went, the last one you did, that was like the last few Sammy shows at Pine Knob or DTE. It was the same, you know, he's, 
parrot heads versus the red heads, but the, the parking lot atmosphere was identical. And yeah. and now it's getting to where you guys are talking about. It's you know, he's there. He's there in Cabo for a week, ten days. Doing yeah, shows. people will come. People will plan their vacations around right. where you can go see him play. Yeah. It'll happen. I lodged my complaint against that last time, and I so lodged it against it. I lodged it again now. It's a complaint, no but way. it's still going to happen. I can't imagine anything worse for Jimmy than playing the same venue every night. You know, eight shows a week to matinee. Right. By the time a couple of he's just tired of the tour. And he'll just do that to, just to do it. I think that the fans come to him. Well, plus how old is he now, too? 62 and kicking ass. Put in more, just like Sam. We'll just, uh, we'll get Sammy, 62? 61. Seriously? Sammy Hagar is 62? 61, yeah. That really oh, got it. Yeah, he's 16. Wow, he looks great for 60. Holy crap, I never knew he was that old. Jeez, pretty soon he's going to be doing an album of standards. <laughs> Quick, everybody talk. Like uh, Jukebox. Oh, okay, here, really? the year is 2009. It is the 26th of August, and you're wasted away on the North Coast with Amigo Schmo. And Mickey. And Mike. And uh, Chuck. WB. WB. And go ahead. Ben. And Jacob. And Jacob's hovering around somewhere. I, I thought for sure you were going to say 1987. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the He's wrong got this year before, right? right in front of me. But I just do it to abuse these guys. I do it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. And it sure feels Keep like fall. That. Yes, it's yeah, it's, it's cold and it's rainy. already dark it's now when we show up. Yep. That's There's because there's barely any vacation. light in the sky. I was on vacation. Every time I'm on vacation, every time I'm on vacation, it gets cold and rainy. Mike yeah. was right. Jimmy shows up and it instantly yeah. turns to summer. Was over. As soon as Jimmy leaves, it instantly turns to autumn. April 14th. It was we talked. It was just such a beautiful day when Jimmy was here. August. What'd you say? I messed up my months. You said October. I said April. Of April 14th. So what's going on, guys? <laughs> well, I don't. I can't remember if this was in last week's show, but we were commenting, or it was pointed out to us that we don't uh, we don't specify to our listeners what our homework is going to be, so they can't participate. They can't like uh, do their own research and then yell at their uh, iPods when we screw something up. <laughs> Say something stupid. Yeah, exactly. Like they'll, right now, they'll still yell. And uh, that suggestion came from listener Tom, but I can't remember if it actually survived into last week's show. However, listener Tom also had had some suggestions for boat names for uh, whatever episode number that was, the old uh, boat names episode. And some of his suggestions were the captain's kid, um, and he also adds that a friend of his has a boat named Firstborn, and that's along the same lines. Another suggestion, USS Zydecosmobile. Because he really likes it when Sonny sits in on this song. Schmoke um, like that. Yes, it's a favorite. I'm doing that two finger eye to eye thing with listener Don. <laughs> Another name is Beautiful Swimmer, which is a demo from the Far Side of the World sessions. I did not know that, but apparently it's on wow. Buffett News. Wow, listener Tom is flexing his scooping us here. Yeah. And another suggestion is Wasting Away. He says this one should be a good one for any of you guys. I don't recall if it was mentioned or not. That we never thought. That'll be our official podcast book. That's the best one, and we never thought of it. <laughs> it's the one for us. None of us thought of it. 
And we got some other stories. August 11, GACTV.com had an interview with George Strait about his new CD, Twang. And during the interview, Strait said that he recorded Twang and his previous two CDs at Shrimp Boat Sound, which is the small studio in Key West owned by Jimmy Buffett. I think the atmosphere is just so laid back there, George told Buzz Brainerd on the national radio show GAC Nights Live from Nashville. My vocals seem pretty clear down there, where probably part of it is the ocean air. Like I say, it's very laid back and the guys get very relaxed. And we work hard when we work, but we take a lot of breaks and enjoy the view. The atmosphere is really good there. The studio is very small, nothing fancy about it, but we seem to get a good sound in there and the vibe's really good. So there you go. That's what Shrimp Boat Sound is to George Strait. August 17, New York Magazine. News from the Hamptons. Sir Paul McCartney, Jimmy Buffett, and John Bon Jovi all ate at the Blue Parrot, but not together. And Jimmy Buffett returned the next day for more Chipotle guacamole. And uh, the Blue Parrot Parrot is a new restaurant in the Hamptons. And I found out on the Late Show with David Letterman, the August 21 Late Show, that it's owned by Renee Zellweger. Oh, really? So there you go. And she says she's very particular about the guacamole being from Texas. So I guess that's the place's claim to fame is the guacamole. Hmm. Uh, August 20, PressOfAtlanticCity.com. They're talking about the tour and they say Buffett and the 10 musicians and backup singers go all out musically performing a two hour plus concert that includes full band and acoustic versions of his own material, assorted covers of tunes by Van Morrison, The Beatles, and The Grateful Dead, and his signature tune, Margaritaville. Then they go on to add, Although Buffett is said to have an all-acoustic recording coming out this year, there's no new music per se for the tour. To which I say, WTF! Yeah, that's not what we've heard. Well, we've actually heard new songs. Yeah. And we haven't heard anything about any And he's talked about a new album. In fact, he's given the album title. And the songs he's played from that album will sound like shit acoustically. Yeah, they're not. They're not like summer school and and uh, crap. What's the other one? The surfing in a hurricane. And yeah. there's a third one, isn't there? Or am I thinking of Elo songs? I can't imagine surfing in a no, hurricane. There's a third playing. one. The one that he said was a Michigan premiere. Oh yeah, that's right. Nobody from nowhere. I can't imagine okay, those done acoustically. Yeah, they're not. Uh, but he, the, a, he would have mentioned... Uh, the article writer goes on to say, The new product is a recently re- released DVD, Scenes You Know by Heart, Mailboat Records, in parentheses, a compilation of live renditions of 13 tracks from... Ooh, I guess I didn't copy and paste that, but anyway. See, how old is that? Though? No, I checked the date. It's, it's from... Uh, what did I say? It's from August 20, 2009. Wow, see, because that's... This is like one of those things where we go to Pine Ave. And they give you the book, yeah. And then you read the same interview. Yeah, it was printed, or they copied the interview with Jimmy Buffett. It's still a mustache, (laughs) and he had one for years. But I could not get over that all acoustic thing. That's like Banana Wind is the is the all acoustic CD. So yeah, it's got to it's got to be super old. But I cannot imagine that the songs he's playing in concert will be recorded on acoustic. Where was this from again? Pressofatlanticcity.com. But I'm just you know this all this stuff's on. The internet now, they, they don't know what they're doing. And uh, the AV Club Chicago has an article about what the B-52s can learn from Jimmy Buffett. And that's because the B-52s were playing the Chicago House of Blues on August 21st. And their suggestions are, number one, hire a huge band and name them after marijuana. 
They suggest the B420s. Number two, get the audience to do a dance and then refer to them by a cute nickname. Number three, name your tour something awful. And by awful, they use it as, as an example, recession, recess. But I, I didn't think that was awful. I thought that was pretty, was one of the better pretty humorous. And uh, number four is appease the locals. The easiest way to get control over the crowd is to remind them that you know where they are, which is kind of true. Well, everybody does that. But everybody does. And number five, start a restaurant chain. <laughs> are you just going to repeat what I'm I'm just repeat what Mike says with a different inflection to make it sound smarter. And for the B-52s, they suggest Rock Lobster instead of Red Lobster. So that's how the B-52s can be more like Jimmy Buffett. And that's uh, pretty much the end of the news. There's another uh, a blog posting that I saw that mentioned Buffett that I thought was kind of interesting. I actually told you guys about it, but it never made it into a show. And it's from Scott Kenmore, who has a WordPress blog at WordPress.com. He says, One time I was chatting with a security guard at Deer Creek Amphitheater in Indianapolis, and I asked him of all the acts that play here every year, which have the fans that give you the most trouble. And he was expecting something like Fish or the Grateful Dead where they're too wasted and there are lots of drug offenses. But uh, the, uh, the, guy, the security guard instantly responded, Jimmy Buffett, by a lot. And I was like, really? I picture Buffett's fan base as a bunch of 30-plus white-collar workers who don't party all that hard. The guard went on to explain that that was exactly the issue. The reason it's so out of control at Buffer concerts, said the guard, is that they're attended by 15,000 people who usually don't party and who are suddenly placed in an environment where every song is about drinking and having 10 beers feels normal. It's amateur night, the guard was basically saying. These are people who can't drink very much anymore, but nonetheless, they try to do exactly that. Accordingly, I guess, they get hammered and start a bunch of fights. So that's what that guy had to say about Buffett concerts. And I have to think that it's kind of true. Yeah, I, don't, I can't dispute that. See, see a lot of the uh, those uh, over-the-top people out at the shows. What's, how's it go? There's a fine line between parrothead and asshole. That's right. There's another news story. StubHub came out with their uh, top 20 list of the most rocking cities in the country. And Detroit made the top 20. Detroit actually made the top 10. Right. It's number 9. Oh, Down from number 8 from last year. The top cities are kind of uh, no surprise. New York, Boston, Chicago, Los Angeles. Um, Washington, D.C. comes in at number 6. It made a big jump from number 18 last year. Oh, I might dispute that. I wonder why. And that's because of the take from the Springsteen, Elton John, Billy Joel, and McCartney concerts. And Detroit made it because of the Chesney, Kid Rock, Leonard Skinner, and Keith Urban concerts. The top five summer concert tours ranked by sales. Number one is Jonas Brothers. Number two is Fish. Number three is Taylor Swift. Number four is Elton John. And number five is Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney. And the top five summer concerts based on number of tickets sold. Number one, Fish. Number two, Gonad Brothers. Number three, Taylor Swift. Number four, Jimmy Buffett. And number five, Dave Matthews Band. Wow. Out of all the names that I've said, who do you think charged the most per av- on average for their ticket? Buffett. Jonas Brothers. Yep. 
Joe's favorites. Uh, it's a tie, actually, between Elton John and Kenny Chesney, who charged $157 on average. Who do you think charged the least amount? Jimmy Buffett. Jones. Jacob wins. 99 bucks for Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, wow. Nothing pitching. He's looking out for our best interests. But that is average. That is the average. Well, with the Chesney, too, that's a rolling circus. There's more than it's an all-day nine fan thing, right? I mean, it's not... freaking defend He's putting... And I'm disputing the whole thing, because <laughs> when you say rock in a city, and you're basing it on ticket sale and who comes through your town, that's... you got to go by the attitude. It's not... You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's compiling the list? Ticket sellers. Yeah, yeah, but Detroit's the the one of the most. But it's ticket sellers for everybody in the the country. Right, we're still rolling. They're picking out Elton. That's that's surprising. They're picking, including Elton John, in the ticket sales for the Rockin' City. And I didn't see Cleveland anywhere in there. And they're the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame camp. Yeah, I don't think Cleveland was in there. Were they? I don't think they were. And since I've taken over the podcast, I might as well do the concert highlights. We got uh, two shows that I want to get on record before the uh, before we start talking about the fifth leg of the tour, which started last Sunday. Five legs. Yeah, five legs. Uh, it's still in bug stage. If it goes farther, it'll be in arachnid stage. But we got uh, the Pine Knob show, which we've already talked about for uh, like two weeks in a row. But I'm still gonna keep talking about it because we've got concert highlights from it. Plus, we have the concert highlights from the second Chicago show, the second Chicago show in two weeks, two Saturdays in a row. This one is uh, August 15th, and they mentioned Joe's Bar. I guess Nadira did a show at Joe's Bar the night before. Yeah, we knew that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about that at the Bucket yeah. Show, or someone told me that. Which I thought was pretty cool, because I've been inside Joe's Bar. I know what Joe's Bar looks like. I can picture Joe's Bar. Yeah. So I thought it was Not a bad cool. seat in Joe's Bar. And Jimmy did the same thing with uh, a lot to drink about where he, he blurted it out except for Ford between he lyrics. Did. Yeah. And he was in Detroit. He did it. And he also um, did an audible shout out to Les Paul after Pirate Looks at Forty, along with Walter Cronkite. Oh, good. And the concert ended with Jimmy turning into a zombie. Am I on? Is this thing on? Hello, everybody. Greetings from Pond Knob in Clarkston, Michigan tonight. Jimmy here. And uh, we have a beautiful night in Michigan tonight. And uh, there are some people out there that look like they're ready to get down. This has always been one of those great places here. And uh, I'm just buying time here. There's nobody back here that wants to talk. Oh, look. Welcome. Well, Jimmy from Florida. Jimmy from Florida. Yeah, Mike from uh, Blyville. Hey, yeah. Mike from Blyville. Hey, Jimmy from Florida. How are you doing, man? Who do we want to interview tonight? I don't know. Where's uh? Let's see. Who do we want to interview? There's uh, Uncle Jim there. Uh, oh, Jim. get over in, here. Jimmy. Get over here. Tell us, tell tell us about your new project. Yes. A new project. I'm working on a kid's uh, radio and TV show called Kid Talk with Uncle Jim with Sammy and Martin, my two puppets. But is that going to be, is that going to get in trouble with your sex change operation? I, I think hope that's not. Gonna... Hopefully not. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was just kidding. You're thinking of another Uncle Jim. No. I didn't know about I'm his... sorry. I'm nervous. I didn't know I'm, about that. I'm running from the death squads right now. The, the, death the squad? Geezer death squads. They're after us. You've heard, haven't you? Really? Go back. I'm sorry, Jim. I interrupted you there and that's I threw you off base. Right. Good luck. No, no. Wait, I want to hear more about Uncle Jim's uh, Uncle Jim's bands. No. <laughs> let's 
get JL over here. Come on, JL, over here. come on. You on the radio. Come on, come here. The unsung yeah, hero, the man who may, the man who is the Vaseline in this prophylactic. I mean, the cod grease in the wheel. I get those mixed. JL, JL Jamison. He runs the entire show. This well, is JL. The, this is the guy we work for. We need to talk to JL about Ray. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, what do you think about this crowd? We, they look pretty good out there, don't they? Yeah. It's a good-looking crowd. Yeah, it is a good-looking crowd, you know. This is the first show we put on sale in the recession. God love them. They all came. They, they need, they need a little relief a out house. here. It's a full house on Thursday night here in Clarkston. Oh, Clarkston, yeah. Michigan. Well, we weren't – I guess he just. I guess when you run the show, you can just walk away anytime <laughs> you want in the interview. <laughs> I wish I had that luxury. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd he go? I don't know. There's no other band members out here. They're all sleeping or something. Right. So where's John, Johnny Martini? Johnny Martini, but he's practicing. Oh, that's Let's practice. sneak in. Let's listen to the practice. Johnny Martini, practice this way. Practice, yeah, practice this, way. this way. Here, play a little something. Play a little. This is what you do before the show. But this is, this is the next to last stop on this tour. That's right. That's for, that's for, what we have one more in Chicago at Toyota Park on it's Saturday. Toyota Park. And then what, where do we go after that, Jimmy? Well, let's ask Slice. Slice, where do we where, go after we Toyota go? Park? The next show is the Atlantic City. I know Boardwalk that Hall. Boardwalk, Boardwalk Hall. Hall. Right where all the Miss Americas there watch. She is. Is. Miss America. Are we, are we going to do the poetry tonight? I think so. I got in trouble because uh, people happened? thought I was making fun of Leonard Cohen. I no, really love Leonard. No, Cohen. no, we're not making fun of Leonard. No, no, we love Leonard. He's We don't make fun us. of anything. No, we don't. We're serious <laughs> fucking people on this radio station. <laughs> on that Oops. Well, hey, well, look Oops. here. Here's Ralph oh, McDonald. Ralph, Ralph's <laughs> running after he heard the. Yeah, Ralph right. dropped an F bomb. Now, here's he a serious musician. Here's a serious musician, magician. Uh, <laughs> Ralph McDonald, what are you doing out here? I'm hanging with Buffett. Oh, okay. So what do you think? Look out at that crowd. What do you think? Oh, they're ready. They're ready to party. I know. Let's let's go get them. Let's bust them wide open. Uh, bust them wide open. Yeah. Busting them wide <laughs> open tonight. Yeah. All right. What we say in the hood? I don't know. Uh, we got, yeah, we got the hood here. I don't <laughs> see a lot of hood people out there. I don't know. We're, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. All right. Okay. Let's go bust them up. All right. All right. See ya. All right. Y'all have fun. He drove on down from Ann Arbor. The trip was just a dry blur to Key Largo. Well, we got the beach band up here right now. Professor Ralph MacDonald, professor of conganology. That is a Scrabble word, conganology. Challenge that. Go ahead. And professor of panology, Mr. Robert Greenwich over there on the panel. I guess I'm the professor of commundanology. We're getting cash now for our clunkers. And the death squads are looking for geezers like me. I know where I'm going to go when the volcano blows. Skinny dipping in the Caribbean Sea. Recession, aggression, depression, good God. Town meetings are bumming me out. Some of you may know that that's Louie's backyard down there in Key West. We're kind of hanging at the deck here tonight, huh?
Well, I know a couple of bars in that town where I like to hang out at, you know. Had a senior moment, Jimmy. Had a senior moment. Oh no, the death squads are gonna come get me! Professor Mike Utley over here. uh, He's gonna teach us the poetry class later. Oh, I can tell y'all real fucking excited about that. Oh, I popped the big f bomb, didn't I? Mm -hmm. I will be excited. You will make poetry exciting. Okay, okay. Stay tuned for poetry. It's coming up. I feel like making love in the poetry. We did that three years ago. We'll bid our farewell way too soon. But we'll be back. So thank you. children to the show. It's been a lovely cruise. Thank you for raising your children on this music. All right, well, it's your show now, Jimmy. I, I got a, Steve Huntington here with Jimmy Buffett. Steve Huntington is live in Chicago. Yeah, it's great to be here. This is a beautiful place. I got to tell you, your radio uh, pre, uh, your chats have uh, evolved into a well, form of what's, entertainment. Uh, we're, we're having a good time out here. Wow, my uh, my partner, I don't know where he is. He's we're trying to hunt up Mr. Utley, the uh, <laughs> Larry and Curly and Mo. You can be uh, you can be Curly tonight. I know. There you go. All right. Yeah. See, you're well, into this. So at any rate, uh, yeah, you're definitely having fun. You're pushing the envelope. Of, well, uh, you know, it's been a great little run here. We've had fantastic weather in the beautiful Midwest. We've done all of our kind of loyal <laughs> Midwestern stops, and uh, and we'll be back soon. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> We're not done with us yet. No, 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 no. No, no. Alpine. Uh, we're going east for a while and uh, and do our New York venues. And uh, there's Mike Mooney here going. In. What's in? What are we drinking tonight on stage? Well, um, which particular band member would you like to know, or just or you? Well, let's go to the band, shall we? Let's see. Let's see tonight. Let's see. Let's. What is, what is Johnny Martini? Give us a description of how he gets through the show. Well, Johnny's usually uh, employee of the month. He he's dressed and out here thirty minutes before kickoff. Yeah, he's over there practicing his uh, trumpet. But you know, is there anything in that trumpet? Yeah, he'll start with a little Perrier, and then he goes right to uh, the tequila of the Coral Reefer band, Don Julio, nineteen forty-two. Oh, he drinks that expensive shit. He doesn't drink my tequila, huh? Oh, okay. Well, he won't be in this band very long. Say that again. 
He can't get his mouthpiece wet enough on the uh, Margaritaville oh, tequila. Oh, okay. And then what happens in within that Gypsies in the Palace? What, what, what kind of fuel is he on there? That's usually uh, vodka, Red Bull. Okay. That, that's so he doesn't dehydrate. Now, you know what? I don't know about you, but you stand close to him on the show. You know, my partner Michael Utley's here. But I was wondering how he's dancing. It's that vodka and Red Bull. Well, I think it is. You know, he naturally loves to dance. He's a natural dancer. He should, he should go to Argentina, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and he's a cross-dresser, too, isn't he? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> is this the last show? We were talking Wait, about oh, right Steve, how you doing? Uh, you Jimmy, fun it's, here? it's the no-holds-barred Jimmy Buffett oh, yeah. pre-concert. Steve Huntington, you know what I want to hear tonight? I want to hear Steve Huntington curse on the radio. I want to hear him utter a you know, profanity. I bet he can't, I bet he can't do that. Huh? Well, you he, know, it's probably not in his nature. There, there is. It, Come on, always oh, getting all nervous and everything. You know, Jimmy. I, I want to ask about you to that. say you, fuck on the radio. Well, I mean, how about are, shit? How about shit? There you go. All right, all right, all right, Steve. My language is not how, almost how, as salty as yours off the air, but you're yeah. the uh, you're good on. That's the why air. we pay those serious people so we can sit out here and say stuff like that, and not yeah. get fined. We don't get fined, right? No, absolutely. That's right. You know, you are the Howard Stern of radio marketing. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You are now because you just you just cursed on the air. Tea and crumpets for me on stage. Yes, the green tea and the papaya juice, please. Oh yeah. All right. the well, it's picture a, of health here. Well, this is our uh, our last run for this run, but before you know, we'll be back out. So Ooh. we're gonna go do it. Quick turnaround. Great to see you, Steve. And again, Great thanks to, to everybody for coming to the show and listening. We're gonna have fun tonight. Yes, we are. Go All out right. there and bust them up real good. But we'll bust them up tonight. <laughs> bust them up tonight. Tonight it's Chicago do. Off we go. We've got a great, great crowd tonight because there were, there were ladies over here that immediately wanted to sign up for sex education with Professor Utley over here. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Direct from Joe's Bar, Nadira Shakur, and her special guest, Ricky Ricardo McDonald over there. Yes. There was a big old parrot head party last night at Joe's Bar downtown. I went there right after my yoga retreat. Or was that yogurt at Girardelli? I, I get them mixed up. Never has one word like son of a bitch meant so much to so many people. We have uh, Professor Ralph McDonald up there. Specializes in the after hours study program here at summer school. Joe's Bar Extension, I believe, was last night, right? What time did classes end last night, Ralph? Oh, this morning around 5 o'clock somewhere. I like that. And I know some of you students were out there with Professor McDonald. I love putting in that extra time that makes school so worth it. I do. There just wasn't a bunch of airplanes flying around downtown today. There were lots of sailboats out in Lake Michigan today. I was a very jealous guy. It looked like a B-I-G-T-I-M-E out there. That spells big time for those of you who may be. Spelling's a tough subject here in summer school. Did you get that, Mac? You got it, right? B-I-G-T-I-M-E. Five o'clock? That's right, five okay. o'clock. Smart ass. Anyway, well, let's discuss high finance for a while. High finance used to be to me to light a joint and buy a burger, you know? We uh we have we've had a great summer. I hope you have too. We uh we did our first show in England in, in um, 
forever. And uh, I guess we caught the Beatle flu over there because Petey's got an album of Beatle songs coming out that's pretty hot. And I went, I have to be on this record. I have a genetic Beatle gene in me somewhere. So anyway, uh, Pete was so kind to me to allow me to, to be on his album. And it's good because, you know, it helps him with job security and stuff of that nature. Really does. He said, quite insane. I just love your brains, but it cleans me out. Then I can go on. Down to the Banana Republic, down to the tropical sun. For the expatriated Americans Hoping to find some fun Well, some we had homework July 4th, 1984 Jimmy came to When it was really called officially Pina But the Pirate Looks at 40 tour was a youngster Yeah, I know Yeah, at one point My guy was looking at 40 yeah. I didn't think about it that way Jeez Holy cow I'm done. Because <laughs> he was so old back then. Yeah, he seemed old. That's to us. Well, anyway, so the Greg actually, our uh, fallen friend Greg, gave us some pictures that his sisters found from 1987. So it got us thinking we're going to do this as homework, and now it's been delayed a couple times. Yeah, that's how this all started with yeah, Greg with sending Greg. pictures around. Mickey happened to boot, was it your first bootleg show? It was my first Buffett bootleg. It was my second bootleg concert. I think the Joshua Tree concert at the Silverdome the year before was my first one. And uh, that was because I took a trip to Europe, and in London I they were selling cassette tapes of concerts. And it never, ever occurred to me that I could record a concert until I saw all these tapes of all these concerts. And that's when I got the idea to start bootlegging. And this was just, uh, you say in here somewhere, your regular cassette or was it your digital cassette? Oh, no, no, no. I didn't get digital until, until like 2000. Wow. No, it's just a plain old cassette. That's why it doesn't sound all that good. Yeah, but it sounds better than, maybe I just got used to it. Sounds better than I thought it was going to It picked up a lot. It's, it's, yeah, uh, it's decent. There's not it, a lot of low end in it, but it's... Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's cassettes. It, but it's cassette. It picked up It picked up a lot. You could really uh, you could hear what was going on. And like I said in my description on the concert page, I, I didn't even hold the thing up. I actually set it on the ground at my feet. Which helped the low end. I mean, that, that way you got a little bit more. But things. usually that means you're not getting the full sound because... When you hold it up, you're getting like a clearer sound because it's unobstructed. So I'm really surprised that this came out as well as it did, lying on the floor like it was. This is before, like Peter Mayer and the yeah, Jim Mayer. Before they didn't show up till about to see the lizard man. And this is hot water, isn't it? There's this is like this year, year is yeah, it's before. That's right, it's before hot water because he premieres. That's what Luminous to me. This is like what, a year that he didn't have an so, album yeah, after, after, after quickly. Releasing from Riddles in the Sand, Last Mango, The Greatest Hits compilation, and then Floor Days. And then it's almost like he took a deep breath and Hot Water came another year later. So this was like the off year. Yeah. 
um, which was cool. So you heard a lot of Florida, you know, you heard some Florida's in here, and last May. Kicked it off, yeah. But it didn't come out till way later, did it? Or did it come so out later? Yeah, it was a whole year yeah. later. So, yeah, he wasn't supporting that. Because I know it was like summertime because it went on your boat where yeah. that weekend came out. I remember that. Mm -hmm. So we were on the boat. Yep. It's king of summer hot and all that. That's right. Yeah. So, so I guess it wasn't too old. I, and the year before, I think, we saw him at King's Island and stuff, which is really one of my own, really my only road trip. So that was like a Florida's, and that was big on mm -hmm. Meet Me in Memphis. was a big song for me and HUD because of a certain woman and a certain white Top kind of outfit. <laughs> so it has a special place in my heart. So for 87, he opened a show with me in Memphis. Uh, after, I guess, Fingers Taylor's, his band had a. Uh, was it his band or was it was no, the rest it wasn't of his band? It was just, he just opened the show with the Coral Reefers and he sang a bunch of blues songs. And I'm thinking, should I record this? I didn't, I didn't even recognize Fingers because I, I wouldn't know him by sight. But he was. Oh, and, and another thing, we were delayed by like 10, 20 minutes by security because it was 4th of July and they were really strict on searching everybody. I guess they thought we were going to smuggle firecrackers in or fireworks. So so we missed the first 10, 15 minutes of the show. Was this the year that they were they were saying, get behind the black top or we'll have to close the gates? I think so. I think this is this one. It was either this or the Huey Lewis July 4th show we also went a couple years earlier. Because it doesn't... Jimmy mentioned in here that he didn't... Yeah, exactly, because uh, we were only able to to hear like a, a few songs from the first half, and then when he comes back from the second half, he says... I just wanted to say that I just uh, realized I didn't know you had to clear customs to get in here tonight. Uh, we didn't have anything to do with that, and I was at the back that our fans were treated like criminals. Uh, we plan to play as long as you anticipate us playing. I remember him distinctly saying that yeah. and listening to the bootleg, like, oh my God, it's like I'm there again. Because I remember that they took intermission early, way early, because nobody was in the seats yet, because everybody's passed through yeah. security. And I'm going to say, this is the year we're sitting there, it's a big laptop trying to get in, and the woman on the uh, microphone's going, yeah, get behind the blacktop or we'll have to close the gates because everybody's mobbing up. And we're like, what does that mean? We're all on blacktop. <laughs> on and on. Get behind the blacktop or we'll have to close the gates. And eventually we all started chanting, get behind the blacktop or we'll have to close the gates. Get behind the blacktop. And finally a man's voice comes on. It says, excuse me, get behind the yellow line or we'll have to close the gates. And apparently near the front of the blacktop was a yellow line. It's like, and everybody went, yeah, ovation. <laughs> and everybody was orderly and got back in line. And I'll never forget this. God. And it had to be that. It had to be this. It was a fourth. It was one of these. The other time we waited a long time was Huey Lewis, 4th of July, Greg's 21st birthday. That was a cluster. We were so, we were, pretty, we were pretty drunk legally. <laughs> that, uh, that I don't think the black tough thing I remembered so well. Because that was the Mr. Cool day. That was in like another story. Greg, Mr. Cool. That was the first, the first year where they closed up the lawn. The lawn was in two sections before, a right and left That's section. Right, yeah, yes. and they had a, they had a, yeah, they had a large. With it wasn't walls. a tunnel. It felt like a tunnel because walls the walls were so high. And yeah, and they Jimmy Buffett had signed the wall. They had, they had like uh, um, wooden walls supporting the the the, the hill. 
and they had all the band logos painted onto it. Yep. But they closed that up because they realized, hey, we can fit hundreds of people in this area. That's right. And then they had a solid lawn from you know from one side to the other. Right. And then they oversold the lawn. They overestimated how many people they could squeeze into it, and there were like a hundred extra people that tried to go see Huey Lewis and were stuck on the other side of the lawn. The the receding side of the lawn. Yeah, the actual where I was, the wrong side. Yeah. I am I am on I'm looking up at a rise and on the other side of the rise there's a concert going on. You can hardly hear it if you're on the other side of the hill too, you can hardly hear it. So that's that is when a I dumb design. Why would you put like a big huge open pathway in the middle of the thing? How many people did they lose falling down the open path? <laughs> yeah, there was not a, there wasn't a fence as far as I remember. Back, back, oh, back when they had that open there had there had to be a fence. No fence. Did a snow fence. Was it a snow fence? Yeah. How tacky was that? <laughs> well, yeah, come on. I know. HUD was opening beer cans with his teeth in the middle <laughs> of the can. Except it's pop cans now. This was way before HUD started partying naked. Oh. <laughs> yeah, go to wastingaway.net to figure out what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so this now is Greg's 24th birthday. I had just turned 23 myself. Okay, we're so young. <laughs> and, uh, Do you remember where you were sitting? I, I'm thinking I was on the left side, similar to where I was this year. Left side, facing the stage. So I was on the right side, and I think I'm... I don't know if I even knew the people I was with, because I was separated. You were with your girlfriend, and... You weren't with us? No, I was a couple rows back. That's why you can hear me shouting during Crayola. Because there was the story from Kings Island, your girlfriend, who's not your wife... Your ex-girlfriend, I should say. <laughs> yeah, let's clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your ex-girlfriend. Your old girlfriend. Um, held up a parrot, a stuffed parrot during Crayola and yeah. got recognized or something. Yes. Or she believed that, that, that she got noticed. So when Jimmy did Crayola this year, I'm shouting, Hey, Cindy! <laughs> you can hear me on the recording. Encouraging her to hold up the parrot this time. And I, I assume she did, but I don't think she got noticed. Yeah, but she kind of noticed that uh, King's Island, because we had kind of close to the we were stage. Right. Yeah, we were kind right of rushed the stage, so that was a big deal. I'm looking at the pictures here, and it's like, yeah, I don't see Mickey or you guys, so you must have had different seats. And I'm thinking I was to the left, but you know, I don't know for sure. I, you know, you walk in that way, maybe, and that's the visual I have. But I seem to think I was like left, and we were with Marty, Marty Moose from the Guy Shopping Night from the old Perry Drugs days. Me and Hud, Hud and I. Worked with Marty. He was our, he was our manager. I know Mr. and Mrs. Hud were there. And yeah, they were in one of yeah. those photos. I was having such a good time. Happy go lucky schmo. Happy go lucky schmo. <laughs> this was before I had just met the woman who would become my wife. But not a, you know, I probably already had the tickets, so she didn't come with me. <laughs> Which helps explain <laughs> the, the good time I'm having. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I want to go back to concert and wish myself into the picture. Like some old... Actually, you can. I saw a movie just like that. That's a movie there. Yeah. What's that show? That's a, that's a great movie. Huh? One of the Red, the Red Stern show. And that's no, somewhere in time. Oh, yeah, okay. You think hard enough, you can will yourself back to Mackinac Island of 1902. Okay. Let me go to the Work back. Work on that. Yeah, let me go. <laughs> and that's like... You know, halfway between He's us and the He's going to put his, his little visor on 
Yeah, yeah. There's so, no place oh, yeah, right. Make sure you don't have any pennies in your pockets, though. Exactly. You have to dress exactly yeah. like I'm in, in this. I need a lay. I mean, yeah, don't we all? I need a white lay. Look what I got. Yeah, I got sunglasses on, you know, on the, around the neck. Yeah, we had them on screen. I can't find the other hat I have under the visor. Why I'm wearing two hats, I don't know. I just look so... I'll just that say, was look the style so back in. Yeah, he thought he was so cool. No. Look at me, I have two hats. <laughs> Looks weird. These guys talked me into getting into Kings Island the year before. I think they said, go ahead, Joe. What, are you scared to buy it? Or something stupid. You're gay if you don't buy it. <laughs> they wanted someone They're to not. own it, but they didn't want it. And the uh, and that Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, it'd be funny just to see you try that on right now. Should I try? <laughs> yeah, I don't have. I really should. I didn't bring the video. Don't, don't rip the shirt though. What's that? Don't rip the shirt. Just I'll put it. See how it goes without it's ripping. It's not gonna. I should just put it in. <laughs> now you have to compare the photo. It's a large of a happy-go-lucky schmo before, <laughs> and yeah, not so happy-go-lucky schmo yeah, yeah. after. That was a horrible, horrible. horrible. We got the video. Yeah. Oh, oh, you got the video going. I got video going. What's that? I can button it. <laughs> if the shirt's held up better than you have. <laughs> it has. It's in good shape. It is. I mean, that's what I mean. <laughs> you look a lot different than this guy in the photo. Yeah, yeah hold up the photo. You're going to zoom in. Make the same pose. Look confused. <laughs> and then HUD. I don't know what the hell HUD's doing with this Freddie Mercury mustache. <laughs> Party naked tea. Party naked. <laughs> he was so proud of that shirt. How 80s can you get? Party naked. He might even have leg warmers on on that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had pink shorts. He had leg warmers. Because Bubba Smith had a workout video wearing leg warmers. <laughs> So, meet me in Memphis. Open the show. Well, technically, Barefoot would open the show. Because he joined them? Yeah. Joined because uh, Fingers have been playing some R&B, or singing some R&B songs, and then Jimmy came out for a duet, and I'm poised with my thumb on the record button, wondering, is this the show, or is this just the end of the opening act? And then he launched right into Meet Me in Memphis, right after the song. He barely, barely waited for applause, and that's when I started recording. That's why I was weird when I first heard it. I said, wait, did I forget track one? Because there was no, you know, I'm used to hearing hot, 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 and yeah. Jimmy comes out and talks and plays or something. So I was like, wait, come on. Yeah, he didn't I have got, an opening I got it on song shuffle back or then. Something. They, just, they just had like an announcer, or he just walked on stage. Yeah. Yep, spread right in with it. So Meet Me Memphis, and uh, Hud and I liked the song, so we had a good time during the song, and I thought, fun, and it sounded good. I liked the song. And yeah, he had a good section? He had a horn section for this tour. Yeah. This is like yeah. one of the first times. I think it's the you first time. Right? Multiple horns. And it so was, it uh, really I think good. it was the Memphis horns, wasn't it? It wasn't just like hired studio guys. I think was, you're right. It was a group. And the Memphis horns also played on U2's Redland Hump, which I thought was kind of cool. Worlds Colliding. They played on uh, the Angela Harlem song, among others. Well, it was like the song. I like Florida's anyway. It's a great album all the way around. It's a good tune.
Yeah, there is a special place in my heart for the music during this time, Buffett's music. And then, uh, and the one thing that, that hit me right away was Jimmy's voice seemed higher. I think his voice has deepened with age. Plus, I think he was singing more throughout the show. Yeah. Like, instead of just kind of talking the song sometimes, you know, I mean, with the big crowds and everything, and you do the same songs over and over, it was more, uh, he was actually trying to sing. Yeah. And it sounded good. I mean, I liked it. It wasn't that. It's uh, like the old, the old time Jimmy. Son of a Son of a Sailor followed. And it was the newer version that he does. He didn't. When I first saw him, he did Son of a Son of a Sailor, like the album. This is a little bit of a different arrangement that he's latched onto, but this might have been one of the first times he heard it this way. Yeah, I don't know if I noted that it was a different arrangement. But not arrangement, uh, he does it, it's more like the way he re-recorded it way later on for, what's the name of that compilation? Give it another listen, because I really didn't pick up on it. It sounded good, I liked it. I mean, it was really Oh, yeah, I like it. And, and to play it that soon in, in the uh, set. Second song. That's pretty good. Right. When I, I, this is about my third or fourth, or fourth or fifth show, and uh, he didn't always play some of the Son of Sailor or Cheeseburger, now he plays them all the time. And Criolo, which um, which was great because I really enjoyed that uh, the steel drum solo in that song. And I must say, Robert did a hell of a job performing that line. It was right up there with the recorded version. He just did the man's a master. It's incredible yeah. how he can sound so good, like just live. It was actually better than the. I wrote down relaxing. I just love sitting down and listening to this song. It is. Jimmy was playing maracas during this. And he was throwing the maracas up and trying to catch them. And I guess he dropped it because he said, I'm like the tires, I drop everything. Is that why he said he say, I thought cubs. he said cubs. Yeah. I think he might have said yeah, cubs. This was a bit of Goodyear for the tires. He was afraid so. to say tires. Oh, it was Jimmy's nod to Roger Daltrey throwing stuff around. Instead he of twirling his microphone, he threw up on maracas. He always played with the maracas. He did that at Kings Island, too, specifically when the album was first out. Now, and then uh, they went into Come Monday. And I don't know, it's just because of the song. What a Pine he mentions Pine Knob in it at the end. Instead of saying, great to be in Michigan again, which I seem to think he usually says. I'm not sure. Well, he mentioned yeah, that, uh, he that said, place in uh, Southfield that he played back Years prior. Oh, did he? Yeah. I think Raven's you. Nest or something like that or whatever. Yeah, he, he's, he occasionally mentions that. He just said, great to be in Pine Knob again, and it seems like many times I've heard Michigan again. But I just felt yeah, this song, a big song, early in the set list. And it sounded See? great, and it, I, I felt, I was so, it was, it made me, it was very nostalgic to me for some reason. This song was the arrangement, the way it sounded to me or whatever, I just, all of a sudden, I mean, it really, it really hit home then. There was a big, long intro to Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes, and then the song. I can't remember the intro too much, I didn't take the notes. Well, is that when he was talking politics? He was talking Donna Rice and stuff a little bit. He started, he went back to her later. Still mentioned I think he mentioned and like Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell and all the... All these uh, religious guys, and he said something about they should come back as lobsters or something. Yeah, yeah, is that word? Yeah, and not like the good restaurant lobster, but like the red lobster in like Omaha, Nebraska or something. <laughs>
when Ron Pot Kettle come and pick him out. That was, I think, it was yeah, yeah, and he was right. I wrote down in the notes, Catherine Deneuve. I don't even know if I'm saying that. Yes. Right. And he always had a thing for her. He's yes. mentioned her a couple times, and it was, I just cracked up. And he mentioned her again yeah. because he was like, I wouldn't go for like Donna Rice, whatever. Like, yeah. Unless she's like Catherine Deneuve. Yeah. And uh, it's just funny that he, that that's his girl. Yeah. Doesn't my dad even, always had a thing for her, too. Yeah. Doesn't, Doesn't he even say that in, in Feeding Frenzy? Doesn't he even mention Catherine Deneuve? He's mentioned her a couple times. I, yeah, I think I've heard it more than once, and I heard I smiled because, I, you know, I, if I, I listened to this, but not a bunch of times, so I've heard it a bunch of times. Yeah, she's a pretty big. I don't know if it was still in the '80s, but she had like uh, makeup commercials in the '70s. I thought. Yeah, she, even beyond her movie career, she she got even more popular with her with her makeup commercials. But if you look at back at old pictures, when uh, she was just right, so at that age, movie. he was about to turn, or he just turned four. Yeah. So that age. Ten years ago, I mean, yeah, or twenty years ago, Catherine. Yeah. So, uh, I just wondered who it is for us. But you know, I just, I just laugh because I've heard it more than once. It's like, you know, it's just so honest. Yeah, like Angelina Jolie. And then they went to the intermission. And was there was this a recording playing during the intermission, La Quinta? No, that's that was the band playing. No, I remember that they played uh, Robert Cray's song about a gun. I can't remember the name of it. Smoking gun. Yeah, was it? I remember hearing that band, uh, hearing that song over the PA, and I'm, I'm thinking it's a pretty good song. Should I just keep the recorder going? And I'm going, ah, it's stupid. I'll just copy it off an LP when I get back to college. No, that's right. We were out of college. Yeah, college. Never mind. Did you interview Mike during this time? No, I wasn't sitting with Mike. Oh, oh no, that was something. I'm, thinking, I'm getting our podcast mixed up. You mean like the say. last show? Yeah. <laughs> last couple <laughs> things I've listened to this week. <laughs> that was just a few weeks ago, Joe. <laughs> I know. I'm getting mixed up. Because I listened to the year is 2009. <laughs> yeah, you know it's not really 1987. <laughs> yeah. But if I concentrate really hard, because he's wearing the outfit. It's the Hawaii shirt. He's time traveling. He's, he's jumping between back times. In time. We come back from intermission or after intermission. All right, we come back to uh, any Tampico trauma. But he mentions the customs. They did, they did play an instrumental before. It was, they played something from Heat. Oh, that Macenta is that? Yeah. Name? Which I didn't know the name of until until you were at it. Until we bought uh, Heat, and I thought to myself, Yeah, I know that melody. Medley. Actually, it wasn't even that. It was when I went back and listened to the concert. It's like, hey, I know that song. Because I didn't even remember it. But anyway, um, Jimmy didn't come right back out. The Coral Reefers came out. A couple of the Coral Reefers came out and played an instrumental. And then Jimmy came out for Tampico Trauma. Which is a, a HUD favorite. Yes. If he were here, he would inform us of that. And, uh, and then he'd go back to Beijing. Exactly. I remember when he used to rock... Because <laughs> it is kind of a rocking of song. Fans. It is. <laughs> it's a really up tempo song. It was. Uh, it, it was. It's cool. It's cool live back then. It's good to hear it. I don't know that we that he played that regularly. And then uh, from there we go to the weather is here. Wish you were beautiful. Which uh, that's the that's the one with a different arrangement, mm-hmm. is it not? Yeah. Yeah, he sings like a counter melody instead yeah. of a recorded melody. Yep. And I really enjoyed that for a change of pace. I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah, it was cool to hear the it's song. Very cool. I remember talking about when, when he hit. Yep. I liked it right away. And in fact, I, I almost liked it better than the original. It just, I, I love the tune. Period. I love the original in this. That was always a Greg and my favorite as we commuted to school and played Buffett tapes back then. And then uh, from there we go to the Parrothead Travel Kit, and uh, it's a melody or medley made up of uh, grapefruit, juicy fruit, boat drinks, peanut butter conspiracy, and grapefruit, juicy fruit, juicy fruit, <laughs> juicy fruit <laughs> once again. You just say, yeah, you finished it right back up. Boat drinks, uh, it was one of, uh, I, I keep going back to Greg, Greg's favorite, and his dad, dad loves boat drinks. Boat drinks? I like when he does the medleys, but I know a lot of people don't because they feel shortchanged, but I think it's just another way I to think more cool. songs in it. I think so too. I agree. But especially for songs like, Let's see if I can say it this time, Grapefruit Juicy Fruit, because I don't need to hear the whole thing, but it's cool to get a little taste of it. it works for me. And then uh, we have Intro to Volcano. I don't remember that. Is that? Yeah, I did not, uh, I did not listen to the Intro to Volcano, so I can't remember what he says. Shame on you guys. I know. I, I don't think it was very, I, no, I think it was just time. You just yeah, spend a lot of time talking about it. Yeah, it's almost as long as the song. Uh, Same thing with pencil thin mustache, right? The next yeah, song. there's another. Well, that one I did yeah. listen to. Yeah, he just talked about why he uh, shaved his mustache off recently. Oh, that's he, right, for pencil thin mustache. He was explaining that he was in Key West and he met up with some French girls and they said he looked really good in a pencil thin mustache. And so that's right. That's what it was. I wish I could remember the volcano. And then we go to Growing Older But Not Up. Good tune. Got both Coconut Telegraph. Deeper cuts on this tour. Yeah, that's that is kind With of. With cool. the weather's here and growing older. And this one sounded really good, if I remember. It, it's uh, I don't know, it just done very well. <laughs> I told you, it just sounded good. I enjoyed it. Straightforward version of the song. One of my favorite albums. Yeah. And then uh, wonder why we ever go home. This was awesome. But I like it all the time with fingers. And it just hit. Yeah, you know, we didn't mention fingers, but I, that's one one thing. Even back on Son of the Son of the Sailor, I meant to, to mention that fingers was very prominent in that. Yeah. It was just, you know, that's what it was about that song that got me. It was, it was just his perfect uh, perfect playing in there. It's just what that song needs. Yeah, I don't it had it. necessarily miss, miss fingers. I mean, uh, during the show, but when you hear versions with fingers, and then when he visited a couple years ago, yeah, listen to that song. It's like, to the song so song awesome song. when he's playing above it. It's so natural. Yeah. It just fits perfectly. It's different. And I like the song he mentioned, Rancho Deluxe and Tom McQueen, in the intro to this. And then we move to uh, That's What Living Is to Me, the brand new song. And that's right, that's the first one we heard. And I, I this is one that hit me right away. I yeah, enjoyed it immediately. And when we listened back to the tape, because that was our only taste of the new album, was, yep. was the recording. And we were thinking, it's so perfect as it is, with just Jimmy and a saxophone in the background. And sure enough, that's exactly what the recorded song yep. was. Yep. It was great. It couldn't have been better. This might be, out of all the times you hear the songs before the recorded, this would be yeah, the one I remember the most. Oh, yeah. Just and I just could not away. wait for it to come out. So yep. this would be number one on the list of... Most anticipated songs after hearing it. it was so I cool. remember us playing. It might be even on the way home after that, finding yeah. this song and playing it and then singing it in the, in the car on the way home. We looked for it. Was just it was just so. Uh, 
And when it came out on CD, it was like perfect. It even had an intro, like he was live talking to an audience. Yeah. It couldn't have been better the way the way it worked out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good one. That's... I mean, yeah, you hear a lot of, when they debut songs, you know, sometimes they just, I don't know, they just don't work. You don't get too fired up about them. Maybe they grow on you later. Not this one. It was on me right away. No, yeah. It's a good, good tune. And then to uh, one of the old standbys, Why Don't We Get Drunk, and he had a, a very long introduction to that one here, didn't he? Is this yeah. what I was talking about? Jim Baker, Jessica Hahn, delivering Domino's Pizza or something. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. It was a very involved <laughs> yeah, yeah, when, uh, story about when all crazy. Talked about the cars and stuff. Jimmy doesn't tell those kind of stories. No, I was, no. was going to say, he doesn't go into that kind of uh, And he wasn't doing the detail anymore. It was cool. No, it was a, it was a big long storyline. You could there. see it coming a mile away, yeah. but you didn't exactly how it was going to get. But there. he was filling in things here and there, coloring it up, and I don't know. It was really cool. But he was just telling the story, and it went. But in it was top. Time. It was news. You know, it was topical events, and, and uh, he did a great job. It was nice. It was really good. And the, so the intro was almost five megs, <laughs> which is longer than the song. This song's only three megs. Yeah. So then. Uh, if the phone doesn't ring, it's me. It was just uh, average kind of thing. I mean, it was yeah, filler. It was, it was good. good. It was a good song. And then the perfect partner. With that special guest, yeah, Marshall Chapman. There you go. And Mickey says something about... This was, This is during the time we thought they were probably hooking up. Well, after this song, I was thinking they were hooking up. It hadn't occurred to me earlier, but... Jimmy says something like, the song is uh, called The Perfect Partner, and I hope she is. Yeah. And then after he's done, after they're done duetting on the song, he gives her a big hug, and I think he gave her a kiss too. I couldn't see from far back, but they did embrace, and it's like, oh, hey, wait a second here, something's going on. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're doing more than just co-writing. I feel something between that. So there was a, yeah, something there, definitely. And that that was a you know you know mid '80s time frame, so we know there were some issues there. So yeah, we know he was separated from his wife, yeah. separated by distance for years. So. I didn't find that out until off to see the lizard, but apparently that's when it happened. <laughs> but Mickey was, mentions oh, in his notes here, you mentioned the embrace or whatever, you made a point. You can hear me go, whoa, hey, when, when he <laughs> gives her a big hug. And it, it didn't make that impression on me, but we've talked about it since. And then uh, this hotel room comes up after that. and uh, That's cool. That's always a good it always comes good, up every once in a while. Good old Steve Goodman song. And I like the, uh, the band comment before it starts. I don't know who said it, but they're making fun of hotel maids. No more of that great, wonderful wake-up morning talk between maids as they talk about their personal lives in the hall. Yes, they're still with us. The ghost with the maids. That sounds like a hotel maid. Well, yeah, it's from the tape. <laughs> That's why it sounds familiar. <laughs> but I don't know. Hey, what was the uh, what was the one where Jimmy or they raised somebody from the dead? Yeah, what was it? Charlie Dallas. Uh, Charlie Dallas comes out with the guitar out of tune or something, so Jimmy kills him. Oh, and I, I missed it. I actually went to the lavatory during this part, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that was a volcano. I don't know. Could have been. Actually, I think it was. He called him Louis De Palma. 
Yeah, Louis, Louis de Palma. Another highlight involved the and you a brick at him. Yeah, you had to fill me in that he threw a brick at him, like yeah. a rubber brick, and knocked him dead. And they had to revive him. Yeah, and they they called a preacher out to bring him back to life. That's right, heal or something like that. Heal, son of a bitch. Heal, son of a bitch. And then the preacher goes, "Get up, you're alive now." Because I guess Charlie Dallas didn't know that was his time to get out. <laughs> and Charlie Dallas, he had a body like a beach ball. He was just short and fat. And and, and he uh, was laughing or something when he was dead. Yeah. Why are you laughing? Yeah, he you did. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he died of a heart attack a couple years after that, according to the Coconut Telegraph newsletter. That was a shame. I'm gonna have to pick up the pace because the batteries are dying again. Fins. Yep. Fins. Um. I don't think anything special. Nothing remarkable. I don't yeah. think so. Just very yeah, Except. Fingers. Yeah. And then a cheeseburger, which is typical. And nothing remarkable there. And this is from Floor Days, I believe, right? I love the now. I love the now, yeah. yeah. Which is good to hear. And that was it. And then we get into uh, encores. And I did hear some of this. Which is uh, Pirate Looks at 40, which obviously is a big song then for him that particular year. Mm -hmm. And it sounded great. Which he must have had a lot of talking in, because this is five minutes, so that's, uh, there must have been a lot going on. Yeah, I think there was some crowd waiting for him to come on, too, probably in that cut, too. I had it on, like, no gaps, so I'm not sure which cut was what. So we go pirate to uh, some instrumental. Yeah, he did band, in, band intros over this, and I don't know, I think the band was just vamping. I don't think they were playing an actual melody. And uh, then the uh, national anthem of Margaritaville, of course, you know, that's going to be there, and it puts in an encore, so that's okay. Then he goes away again and makes us all clap for him to come out again. <laughs> and uh, comes out with Brown Eyed Girl, which uh, was still in its early days, for right? Me, so I still appreciated it back then. It's not, I'm not as tired of it. I still do. I'm tired of it these days, but I still have it. Thing for it, uh, and then closes out with a lovely cruise. Just which is like a great song to have as your last song. Yeah, isn't it though? Yeah, we just had it this year. That's right. This was with the band, the full band, though, right? Yeah, I don't think he did. This. He didn't do the, those solo deals right. like he does these days. <laughs> this matches. Hood looks like he's lead singer. <laughs> Mercury. And that's it. Lovely Cruise, last tune. As it was that is this, this year as well. I s distinctly remember Lovely Cruise ending the show. That's one thing I remember. I did not really remember meeting in Memphis starting the show. And when we used to, back then, we used to guess which, which song will we start the show with? Yeah. Back then, it was easier to guess because there weren't as many. <laughs> now we have, geez, what could it be? Yeah, we still guess what the first line is, but it's easier to find out. Kurt, yeah, yeah. Of, uh, we hear all the songs. We hear all the shows. Yeah, there's not so much of a mystery these days when, when our show comes around. We've kind of Matter of fact, Jamie's performing right now. On a Wednesday. On yes. A Wednesday. The last show was a Sunday. Wow. And now he's doing a, a Wednesday. The Sunday Wednesday. The show after this is Saturday. 
but then he's not going to uh, perform again till the following Thursday, and then another show on Saturday. And then, uh, yeah, he's actually done. You might be able to catch the replay. Yeah, the replay. They replay it after. Well, anything else? Anything else you remember from the show? We all congregated back in our We had firecrackers. No, did we have fireworks after? We must have. It was the fourth. Yeah, I think as we were leaving. Everybody okay back here? All right, we're going to need you. We need you to read your. Oh, oh no, it could be her too. I thought you were the other Danielle. What are you guys doing back here? Are you singing? <laughs> Go ahead, sing. Yeah, it's your yes, turn. we're singing. Sing. For real. Are you recording? Are you really singing? It's a radio here? show. Wait, it's like an internet radio show. Is it really? Yeah. Say hello. Hi. Introduce yourself. I'm Jenna. What's up? Your hobbies are. Drinking beer. Alright. Yeah, you can stay. Fits <laughs> right in. Is it really a radio station? Yes. Yes. Who listens to it? You're looking at them. <laughs> Doesn't it? No, I, have a, I used to have a business card. These are so funny. I didn't know what you guys were doing back here. I'm thinking you guys had like, some secret meetings. You meeting. used them set. I did. I used them. Alright. I'll tell Danielle to come back here and do her part. Okay. Right. Or you can too. Jeez, what do we have here? Alright, Danielle. Introduce yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh, are you serious? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What is this? It's a little script, a little joke. I'll be Mark. I'm not good at this kind of stuff. I never I'm, did. Neither are we, so. I screwed on in. Have you heard of screwed on into the microphone here? What is this? What are we doing? We're going to read this script. <laughs> We're going to make you a star. Yeah. We ready? Yeah. yeah, I guess. The year is 2222. And Mark and Maureen land on Mars after accumulating enough frequent flyer miles. They meet a Martian couple and are talking about all sorts of things. Finally, Maureen brings up the subject of sex. Just how do you guys do it? Pretty much the way you do. A discussion ensues, and finally the couples decide to swap partners for the night and experience one another. Maureen and the male Martian go off to a bedroom and get naked. He's only got a teeny weeny member about half an inch long and just a quarter inch thick. I don't think this is going to work. It's just not long enough to reach me. No problem. And he proceeds to slap his forehead with his palm. With each slap of his forehead, his member grows until it's quite impressively long. Wow, but it is still narrow. I like it thicker. No problem. And he starts pulling his ears. With each pull, his member grows wider and wider. Wow. They fell into bed and made mad, passionate, Marky, 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 Mark love. Take two. They fell into bed and made mad, passionate, Monkey Martian love. The next day, the couples rejoin their other partners and go their separate ways. As they walk along, Mark asks, Well, was it any good? I hate to say it, but it was wonderful. How about you? It was horrible. All I got was a headache. She kept slapping my forehead and pulling my ears. Beautiful. She's in the running for a Coastie yeah. Award. That's right. We got our own award show. You guys are so funny. We will bring cards in next week. I'll do that again. All right, you guys okay with drinks, though? Yep. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Thanks. I just had to hear that. I hear you like it, Carol. Make some cards for women next week. She's on board. Oh no, but we're not, we're not recording. That's okay. 
Set up a fake recorder. <laughs> we'll just we'll just get some <laughs> some bread ties. <laughs> really like popsicle sticks. Here we're in this really hot joke. How come I have to end every sentence with Joe? <laughs> Draw little faces on paper and base them on the chairs. These are our friends. These are cast members. Yeah, now we discover that she wasn't that bad. Not as good as Elise, but nobody is. <laughs> she was a natural. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we can uh, say so long from the North Coast. From this season of the North Coast, maybe. Yeah, it's another season yeah. down to season finale. We're going to be taking a scheduled break next week because you guys have your uh, grand championship thingamabobber. Catch some rain Hibernate Till June Live it up It's gone too soon When you live on the north coast You manage your time Get the best three months You gotta live through nine That's life on the north coast That's life on the that's life on the North Coast Wasting away on the North Coast Maureen and the male Martian go off to a bedroom and get naked. He's got only a teeny weeny member about half an inch long and just a quarter inch thick. I don't think this is going to work. It's just not long enough to, re to, what, to reach me. Shit. It's not again. long enough to reach me. I like the first version better. <laughs> it was more honest. <laughs> it's not long enough to reach me. <laughs> they fell into bed and made passion, mad, passionate, monkey, Martian love. The next day, the couples rejoin the other partners and go their separate ways. As they walked along, Mark asks, Well, was it any good? I hate to say it, but it was wonderful. How about you? It was horrible. All I got was a headache. She kept slapping my forehead and pulling my ears. Yay! What is this? <laughs> it's a very bad joke. It's a very bad joke. We gotta joke. do it again. Because <laughs> I messed up. That was one of the best takes ever. <laughs> I know. I know. Do it again? No, I mean, I'd really, you know. Which ear? Say that again. It's just not long enough to reach me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's when you're pointing. And then look at Schmo when he's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>